Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast, where we discuss ways in which we can see Jesus famous in our lives. Today we have a guest teacher in the studio discussing their message this past Sunday from Calvary, Monterey. Well, Pilgrim, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. It's so great to have you here. Absolutely. I want to hear about, I guess, a little bit about your background, your story a little bit before we get into the conversation. But before we do that, I want to see if you're ready to play a quick game with us sure. on the podcast. Yeah. Do you like games? Uh, depends. Do you, I think you know about this game, but you know the Florida Man game, yes. right? Yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> you're from Florida, so we got to play it real quick. Great. I. Real time, I just typed in my birthday, okay. plus the words Florida man, yeah. into Google, July 27th, Florida man. Yeah. Florida man bought Lamborghini with coronavirus aid. Does that, does that ring true to you from your experience being in Florida? People, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You see a lot of Lambos going around in your part of the woods. Yeah. 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 And you're just, you know, they go by and you're going... That definitely was Corona money that was spent. <laughs> that was all the Corona money going straight to that car. <laughs> well, what's funny is there, you know, Pastor Nate set that up yesterday, but there, there's also a Florida woman and that's, that's less known and less extreme, but there, there, there are Florida women in that <laughs> Yeah, it's not category. just for men. I mean, the right. women get part of it too. Yeah. Some crazy stories. Yeah. Oh man. I'm so glad you made the trek from Florida to come out to California Pilgrim. It's so great to have you here. Yeah. Um, you preached at our church yesterday. Um, for our Sunday services, but you're also here for the men's conference. So mm-hmm. I know a big weekend for you. You shared a bit of your story during those messages, but I thought for those who didn't get a chance to go to the men's conference or hear the Sunday message, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, just um, where you come from? Sure. How did you come to know Jesus and what are you doing now? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I set it up in the sermon, uh, and at the men's conference that I was raised by Christian hippies, you know, in, I love in that. that home. Yeah. Uh, childhood was, was super fun. You know, I was an eighties kid. So, um, just a, an awesome childhood. My parents ended up walking away from Christ when I was a teenager. And so I, found myself wrestling with my faith and essentially, even though I had made a little bit of a profession at a younger age, um, I was, I was just, um, seeking after the flesh, just, mm-hmm. just running away from Christ. Um, and really that divorce just rocked my whole world. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, I started pursuing other religions, started reading, trying to, um, investigate spirituality, yeah. you know? And so I was on a bit of a journey, um, Ended up getting a full uh, academic scholarship to Georgia Southern. And the reason I picked that school was um, it was in Georgia and I was able to get the scholarship in mm-hmm. the state, but it was a party school. So that was the intention right, was right. to just, just, I'm going for it. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to live it up now. No parental authority. And yeah, I just, um, within that summer had come to the rock bottom, you know, thankfully it wasn't mm-hmm. a, a lifetime, but um, just three months and, um, yeah, they say you reap what you sow. And I, I was reaping mm-hmm. the emptiness, the despair, the darkness, the anxiety, um, and the separation from God because of my sin. So um, had an opportunity to come visit Florida right before school. And I saw my uh, mom come back to Christ, my grandparents, my aunt and uncle. And I just realized there was something there. There was something meaningful and tangible that they had that uh, that I didn't have. There was substance. And um yeah. So I, I didn't make a profession of faith then I went back home mm-hmm. and immediately just realized I am like a split screen, two different worlds. Yeah. And, um, so 
Uh, it was a, it was a bit dramatic. I like, gave up my scholarship, gave up my um, wow. apartment, uh, drove everything that I could fit in my car down, and and pretty much cried the whole way and worshipped the whole way home, um, uh, just singing and, and crying and wow. and rededicating my life, if you would. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, people say different things. Really, Christ was Lord at that point, and I yeah. submitted my life to His lordship. And uh, then I look back and I go, the Father was doing that work of drawing that whole time, even using the despair of my sin. So hmm. uh, pretty quickly got involved. I was around 17 and graduated early, but I uh, got involved when I turned 18 in uh, teaching Sunday school with the youth. And uh, before I know it, um, I found myself at a Calvary chapel hmm. and uh, learning that you could learn the Bible verse by verse right? and uh, just rocked my world. And so I was like, I'm all in now hmm. um, and got involved in youth ministry pretty quick. And then my wife and I, who we sort of grew up together, um, we ended up getting married and we both sensed that God wanted us in ministry, that our, our life was not just submitted to him, you know, as Lord, which is good enough, but our life uh, vocation was to be submitted to, uh, to yeah. Christ and to serve him. So we ended up going to Bible college. And um, before we finished, our sending church, or our home church called us back and uh, said, we'd love for you to be our youth pastor. And uh, mm-hmm. she ended up becoming our, um, like our office manager at the church. And so, yeah, did youth ministry for about 10 years. And then, uh, we moved to Tampa to plant our first church. Yeah. And then after, you know, four years, God brought us back to Bradenton to plant mm-hmm. Shoreline. And that was in 2014, 2015. So wow. it's been a few years. And that's so, where you're at now, right? Yeah. It's in Bradenton. Yeah. Wow. And that's our hometown. That's where I'm originally from. Okay. That's where my wife grew up and, uh, and we love it. So, Man, yeah. what a cool story. I love that your wife and you just had that connection from a young age, growing up together, and then now are partnering in ministry together. It's just yeah. so beautiful. Well, thank you again. I mean, I love Florida. My wife is from Florida. I spent a lot of time in Florida. Thank yeah. you for being out here with us and sharing your story and God's word with us. Yeah. I loved your message from Sunday from Colossians chapter 1, all about the gospel. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about it this morning, and I was like, man, the what you were talking about yesterday, I mean, there's, you, you incorporated so many stories and examples to kind of color the gospel, but it was just like a, I don't know, this defense for the true gospel. And you named the message, Slay the Dragon, Save the Girl. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll talk about that title more in a little bit, I think. But I just loved that you talked about the gospel and you talked about three things specifically. One, um, you said qualified, delivered, redeemed. Those are your three main points. So I thought I could just ask you a couple of questions about each one of your points, if you're sure, cool with that. Sure. Let's talk about qualified. So you're talking about the gospel, you talk about qualification. Um, I know for a lot of us, when we approach the gospel or spirituality, when we think about salvation, mm-hmm. we think that we have to qualify ourselves before God to receive his kindness and compassion in our lives. But you had a bit of a different take on it. You had the more honest gospel approach to it. So can you talk to us about um, what you meant when you said qualified and how does that pertain to our understanding of the gospel? Yeah. Well, emphasizing what Paul emphasizes there in Colossians yeah. 1, 12, is he says, giving thanks to the father who has qualified you. So there's a, yeah. in, uh, you know, for the grammar nerds out there like me, there's, <laughs> there's a sense of, is this an active verb? Is this a passive verb? So to say I have qualified myself would be an active way of saying, you know, mm-hmm. I, I you know, have, 
have done the work. So I am now qualified because I meet this criteria. But when someone else qualifies you, then that would be a passive sense of, of looking at it. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I, you know, have, have given the stamp of approval on myself, yeah. which I know we would try to do that. You meet mm-hmm. someone in the world who's not a believer. Yeah. They might say, no, I'm, I'm not a bad person. Mm-hmm. And they would explain to you, you know, they'd give you their credentials, why they're qualified. Mm-hmm. And yet when we look at scripture, we realize like I, I'm dead in my sin. I'm, I'm right. not qualified. So mm-hmm. someone else has to, uh, you know, actively qualify me and then I passively receive that. And so, yeah. um, that's what I, that's what I see in the scripture and that's the hope yeah. we have. Yeah. I love that. The idea that we just can't earn it. I know even as a Christian, sometimes I try to earn it sometimes, you know, I have to always remember, that's why it's always so important for me for messages like this. I've heard the gospel presentation for years, you know, mm-hmm. but I need it yeah. so often because it's so easy to lose sight, lose focus. And, um, Forget, I was, yeah. yeah, I was curious for you if that, I mean, you're preaching the gospel to the church. Mm-hmm. I know you, you're even saying yesterday, like, if, if you're not a believer, there's a chance for you to come into contact with Jesus and to give your life to him. But why do you feel like it's important to reiterate the gospel mm-hmm. to the church who knows the gospel? Sure. Yeah. Well, it was either Luther or Calvin, um, maybe even Augustine who said, that we're to preach the gospel to ourselves daily, you know, mm-hmm. and that we, and I said it a couple of times, like we think that it's time to graduate from yes, the beginner, right. like the gospel is the entry level beginner, but now let's move on to, to more important things. And, um, what I find, um, uh, what has been the experience of, of, I would venture to say every Christian is that we were, we're quick to do that in our spiritual memory loss, our, yeah. our spiritual amnesia. We're quick to move on and say, okay, well, you know, yes, Christ has done some good things, but, and that's part of our sanctifying, you know, growth is, mm-hmm. is growing in grace, but also never leaving. So it's, it's, it's a bit of a, like, um, right. yeah, it's a little bit of a paradox because in mm-hmm. one sense we are moving on to maturity. We are moving right. on to deeper things. Um, you know, so we don't teach a, a a first grader about the hypostatic union. Maybe we try to, but they're <laughs> yeah. going to, it's going to be over their head. Totally. So we should move deeper into the things of the gospel, but we never, we never get elevated above it as far mm-hmm. as like we, this is the place we always stay rooted in. So, yeah. um, at least that's been my experience. Totally. And you said something yesterday to the effect of we don't pass the gospel. We just go deeper into it. And that really spoke to me. Yeah. You just never graduate. You just, understand it more and more and let God reveal it more and more to you. Yeah. It's so good. We've been qualified, not because of what we do, but what God's done for us. Mm-hmm. And you talk about um, being delivered and one of your application points was um, because you've been delivered, obey. Can you unpack that a bit for us? Like, I know we all know that we've been delivered from sin, mm-hmm. um, but why should that cause us to obey? What, what did you mean by that, um, that application point. Well, you know, when he says here in verse 13, that Christ has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of light, basically to finish that parallel thought. Um, so if that's the case, uh, Acts 26, uh, Paul's sharing his testimony and he says something similar mm-hmm. in the sense that he's been called to preach uh, this good news of bringing people from the darkness, uh, the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. So if that's the case, um, again, what is 
typically the experience of many Christians is mm-hmm. to live in that Romans seven defeat of yeah. constantly trying to overcome the flesh, realizing at a certain point, the despairing reality that we're in a fallen world and in a fallen body. Mm-hmm. And so in light of realizing I no longer have to sin that I've been set free, um, to obey. So the obe- it's not that I obey so that I'm forgiven. It's right. that I'm forgiven and I'm delivered. Therefore, now I have the Spirit's power to mm-hmm. obey, to not uh, sin, to say no to the temptation. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, that's every Christian's experience is to get what Paul, uh, to the, hopefully to the point where Paul gets there in Romans 7 where he says, mm-hmm. who, can, who can rescue me from this yeah. body of death? I need to be delivered. Yeah. Uh, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So Romans mm-hmm. seven is not, you know, pre salvation, Paul, that's post salvation, Paul right. still wrestling with, with sin. But so that's the thing in light mm-hmm. of that fact, don't, don't keep going back to, yeah. you know, your sin, just walk in obedience. So, wow. I love that. And that order is so important, right? Like you just said, it's not, you obey to be forgiven. It's because it's because you've been forgiven, mm-hmm. delivered that you then obey and that's where we see a lot of the fruit of our christian lives is in that obedience that's so good man let's talk about um the forgiveness part of your message you said because you've been forgiven give thanks Mm -hmm. and uh this really struck me because it's just so easy you know i feel like and um you know i feel like i grew up i'm a happier person but i can be kind of melancholy sometimes and it can be easy to look at the world and just be bummed out about what's going on um, yeah. all around the world. It can be hard to be thankful sometimes. Mm-hmm. There's like this conscious effort of like, I have to remember that God has provided, that he is good, that just him and his character is good. I can give thanks for who he is. But you said because you've been forgiven, give thanks. And I was curious if you would, if you wouldn't mind sharing just how that's kind of played out in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like you had a really radical experience with the Lord when you were younger of receiving that forgiveness and being thankful and your life changed. But how has your experience of being forgiven helped you become a thankful person? Sure. Well, so there's a, there's a salvation element to gratitude. Um, mm. When you look in the book of Romans chapter 1, one of the things that marks the life of an unbeliever is that they neither glorify God, he says, nor give thanks to him. So there's a, hmm. there's a dual element there. If I'm not a Christian, then I'm not going to give glory to God. I mean, my life will ultimately give God glory right. be, because uh, I'm created in his image and, hmm. um, and he's the creator. But, um, but the second half of that is not only not giving glory, but not, not expressing any true hmm. gratitude. So when I'm in Christ by logic, you know, my life is to be lived for the glory of God and my, yeah. life, my lips are to be used to express gratitude. You start looking for it in the new Testament mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh wait, pray without ceasing, give thanks yes. in all things. Um, you start seeing it in all of Paul's letters, except Galatia. Mm-hmm. Um, he thanks God for the church uh, for a few reasons. And, um, there's a book, uh, that DA Carson wrote called praying with Paul. And, and he mm-hmm. just mentions like our prayers should really mimic the new Testament, um, the new Testament's template, which really is to give God thanks. A a lot Mm -hmm. of times we rattle off like 
Okay, God, please give me that parking yeah, spot totally. at Trader Joe's mm-hmm. uh, up front, please, Lord. Uh, and, and that's not a bad thing, but have we taken the time to thank God that we have the freedom to go this morning to, to grocery mm-hmm. shop, that we can yeah. eat these great organic, mm-hmm. low-priced you know, foods, um, and that God's provided a means for us to do that freely. And um, You know what I mean? We're just so quick totally. to rush to the request. So in my own life, it's played out just recounting who I was before Christ mm. and then um, remembering that we do that uh, on the weekly in our church gathering, just taking the time to uh, sing songs that, that have lyrics that just, dis- that really discuss that or demonstrate like yeah. this is our, you know, we're singing not just about ourselves, but we're singing songs that reflect um, who, who God is and what he's done. So mm. I think um, expressing that in our worship in our yeah. daily prayer in our attitude, our posture, if we shake a fist at the Lord, you know, for, mm-hmm. for not doing something that we expected him to do, then yeah. that's, that's one area, you know, clearly gratitude's lacking. Totally. You know, totally. So. Man, that's a good word, bro. That's awesome. Well, hey, as we wrap it up, um, I wanted to give you some space to talk to somebody who may be just wrestling with the gospel right now. Maybe they're at the end of this podcast and they want to respond to the gospel, but there's maybe something that's been hanging them up a little bit, maybe a fear, um, an addiction, something that's um, scaring them about giving their life to Jesus. Sure. Do you just um, pastorally have a word for that person just mm-hmm. to be able to grab a hold of the gospel, God's word and his salvation? Yeah. I mean, the, the gospel is uh, the cross of Jesus Christ, you know, bearing our sin. Um, and sometimes we can, we can make it just one dimensional, you know, and so we miss out on what we emphasize a little bit in this text, which uh, is not just the atoning work of Christ, but it's also the, the rescuing work of yeah. Christ, the, the Christus Victor uh, side of it. And so I would say mm-hmm. it, it's we have a, a savior who suffered and died in our place. Yeah. And we have a savior who rescued us uh, from our sin and from uh, darkness. And so. We have a savior, the scripture says in Hebrews, who's, who's sympathetic to our weaknesses. So it's not that he did the claw, you know, the, mm-hmm. or the, the helicopter with the, the basket that lowers down. And I, I, we're not going to get close to the, the people, just lower the claw, lower, right. the, lower the you know, mm-hmm. basket, and hopefully someone will grab hold. Uh, we have mm-hmm. one who has come down from heaven to earth to become a man to um, experience what we experience, to, to take our burdens onto himself mm. uh, and who's acquainted with our suffering. You know, yeah. it says in Isaiah 53 uh, that, that he's the man of sorrows. And so mm. to know that you might be suffering, you might be anxious, you might be alone, you might be uh, fretting, you might have uh, a physical diagnosis, a medical diagnosis that's, uh, that's terminal or that's terrifying, uh, but to know that there's a God in heaven who designed you, loves you, and has sent his son uh, to take your place of judgment, but then also to bring you to himself and welcome you into his family. Whatever situation you have, it's not that, uh, you know, that's too deep for him to go to. No, as you, as you dig down, you realize the, the depths of the gospel are far deeper than any situation we can be in. So I would just say that to anyone. In any situation, there's not a sin too deep. There's not a, a trial too uh, overwhelming that Christ can't lift you up and welcome you to himself. So if you're sensing that, that drawing, that, that leading, um, don't run away from that. You know, mm-hmm. Just surrender your heart, yield your life, um, 
repent of your sin, you know, which says, I want to turn from it. I want to get rid of it. I know I'm not perfect. And so I'm acknowledging that, but I also want to trust my life to Christ. And so I would encourage you to do that, to receive Jesus as Savior. We pray that today's discussion has blessed you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and share so we can continue to reach people and make Jesus famous in our lives and the lives around us. Until next time, God bless.